The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Oh. Bobby Okereke, inside linebacker for the Indianapolis Colts, and you are tuning into the Blue Stable Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Blue Stable Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. If you are watching on YouTube or listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast, make sure you give a follow. Make sure you subscribe as well. Leave a like for this video and comment down below, who do you guys have winning the game this Sunday, and also what we're going to talk about opening this show. What trade target do you guys want to go with? Well, who do y'all want to go get? No, you can't go quarterback, all right? And if any of you say Justin Fields or Zach Wilson, bad things will happen on this show, okay? There will be a lot of things. Marcus is going to go crazy himself, all right? So always, as always, Michael Pivia here. Marcus, how you feeling, man? Hey, man, we're here. Uh Let's keep this win streak going. You know what I mean? Like, hey, I, I, I got my TED talk for y'all. I got my TED talk ready. TED talk. Okay, we might have to, might have to open up with the TED talk here with, with Marcus to open this show. I'm excited for that one. And as always, if you were following us at the Blue Stable on uh, Twitter, you would see the special announcement that we have. We have an addition, a great addition to this show. Gonna be with us from here on out. Landon Oliver, you guys know him, gives great film breakdowns. He'll be do, doing some of that for us, and he'll also be on this show twice a week, just like me and Marcus, guys. But welcome to the show, Landon. What's up, fellas? Thanks for having me, man. I'm, I'm super excited to get to work and uh, hopefully talk some Colts football, have some good times with you. Yeah, the good times and the vibes are immaculate right now. Obviously, like Marcus said, we got the win streak going. We're winning and everything. And obviously, this means we're going to the Super Bowl, right? We're the only team that can have a win streak. Uh, but I, I want to see what that TED Talk was. You know, I'm trying to get myself up, get ready for this. So am I going to be disappointed? Am I going to be excited? Marcus, walk me through it, man. Disappointment? How, how dare you? Not, not, <laughs> not with me. You know how much I, you know how much mess I got to put up with your takes. 
I think you can at least give my TED talk a little bit, just a little bit of leverage. Hey, man, that Zach Wilson one two years ago was working out pretty fine. Yeah, I, I kind of was a Zach Wilson fan myself. So, I mean, <laughs> I can't say anything. I, I like them too. So, <laughs> <laughs> what's up, Marcus? Oh, you want to hear my TED talk now? Oh, yeah, yeah. We were going to open that show. Sorry, ladies and gentlemen. Sorry. <laughs> oh, well. Let's let's all just dial in and think about it for this for for the Colts' sake. You know, what way to say all chips in by defeating another division rival in the Tennessee Titans? Now, of course, this can do a lot for the Colts moving forward because a you you want to defeat the Titans to, in general to win the division. B you want to contain Derrick Henry and you know make a statement right there. And C what can this do for the players in general? Now, of course, I said. You know, on the podcast a few times how, you know, it feels like, you know, the coach Frank Reich has lost the locker room. But one of the key ways to get him back is to keep this win streak going. They'll start to believe that they have faith in you. So, you know, we can have a bunch of players show up for this game. Guys like you question all the time. Can Faison actually show up this game? Can Kenny Moore show up this game? Can the safety unit contain Ryan Tannehill? All these questions you're going to go in general, especially the biggest question is the run defense. What the heck is this run defense going to do against the Tennessee Titans? Because we know the freight train, Derrick Henry, is going to do something. But like I said, the one way when you get all your players back is Shaquille Leonard going to play. If these guys can come back and they have that momentum going on and they can put up some type of light for the offense to shine again, this could be a game changer for the Colts moving forward. And if we beat the Titans, I'm telling you right now, we win in the division. It's no ifs, ands, or buts because I feel like the biggest opponent on our schedule is the Tennessee Titans because that's just the icing on the cake for us. Because if we can beat them, we can beat anybody. Thanks for coming to my TED Talk. Wow. Ladies and gentlemen, wow. Wow. Okay, so how do we follow that up? Well, Marcus, he loves that quote, all chips in. He loves bringing that up so much, and I know why. I understand why. Uh, You guys have heard it on the show as well. But now getting into some trade targets because the trade deadline is coming up here in a few weeks. So now you're already starting to hear rumors. So-and-so has requested a trade. Teams are listening to offers on said player. We The, the rumors are already coming out, okay? Are they smoke screens to possibly revert their attention elsewhere? Whatever the case may be, I don't think there is. I think there's legitimate talk going there. And each of us on this show have a trade target that – that we think the Colts should go get if they're going to be buyers at the deadline. So to start this off, the new addition, Landon, I'm going to let you, you know, hopefully make a good first impression on on the fans of this show. So Landon, hit us first. We're going to go to Marcus and then we'll finish with me. Well, look, I know, um, I know everybody wants the flashy pieces, you know, the wide receivers, the quarterbacks, like you said, the Justin Fields, you know, we ain't gonna talk about none of that. Look, I'm going straight practical with it. What's been the biggest question mark on this team so far? It's the offensive line. We got to get that squared away. Matt Pryor still at right guard. Didn't really play up to snuff last week. Another rough game from him. I know that hurt you, Mike. I'm sorry. But uh, that being said, I'm going with a guy. If they do make a move, which I'm kind of of the – I don't think they should just because you need that draft capital. If we're going to go get a quarterback next year in the draft, you can't be trading away draft capital. So um, I'm I'm cool with just keeping it. But if you are going to do it, 
obviously we know the Panthers are kind of in a fire sale right now. They're trying to get rid of all kinds of guys. They're trying to do a proper rebuild there. So a guy that I want to target is Austin Corbett. He's the offensive guard for the Carolina Panthers right now. Just to give you some info on this guy right now, he's played 338 blocking snaps so far this year. Zero sacks allowed, zero penalties committed. Cap hits. So you're wondering, it's like, well, what's this guy going to cost us? Might, you know, be a mid-round pick. 3.2 million cap hit in 2022. So that's we can fit him in just fine there. And then next year, that cap hit goes up to 11 million, which you're sitting here thinking is like, woof, that's a little bit of a rich, you know, that's the big year for his deal. But you look at guys probably, you know, with the way things are going, we'll see what happens with Yannick Ngakwe. Ryan Kelly could be moved next year. We could free up some money along that line. Kenny Moore, who knows what's going to happen with him next year. So we'll have money to spend next year. That being said, 3.2 million cap hit, 338 snaps already, no sacks allowed, no penalties committed. Shore up that interior offensive line, and let's get Matt Ice some protection. All right, going for the gut punch at Matt Pryor like everyone else is, all right? I guess I guess let's pile it on here on this show. Uh, but but nice, n- nice uh, trade target right there. Marcus, where are you going, man? I like that. But for me, to be honest, I, I kind of want to up the wide receiver room a little bit. And, of course, we know Odell's off the market already. We ain't got to worry about that. We got the two teams that's predicted, air quotes, that's going to get him. So we're going to move on and stay. You know, we're going to stay on the same team. We're going to stay with Landa. But I want I want DJ Moore. You know why? Because I like the wide receiver room. But I will tell you one thing. There was last week when there was two occasions where Matt Ryan tried to target one receiver twice and it failed at the same time. And that's Mike Strong. Now, look, Mike Strong, we all love you personally with your height and what you can possibly do in the field. But there's a guy named DJ Moore. If you put DJ Moore in that same scenario, you think he's dropping that? You think he's slipping on a route in the back of the end zone? Absolutely not. So you can have Alec Pierce. You can have Michael Pittman Jr. You can have DJ Moore. You can even put the gadget guy in Paris Campbell. And you still have Naheem Hines coming back. Tell me that doesn't sound deadly. With the red zone target in Jelani Woods. And for you, Mike, we get to see less Moali Cox because we probably won't even need him. So if you can do that and add icing on the cake, I'm saying go get DJ Moore right now. Like, I don't care what you got to do. If you got to go get away somebody, look, if you want somebody and you're, you know, selling everybody, I mean, send face on to the Panthers. It ain't going to make a difference. Of course, he's the Gus guy, but he hasn't been living up to a standard. Plus, that can create space for Isaiah Rogers Sr. to see you feel. So all of these things are definitely worth trying, in my opinion. But DJ Moore is definitely a guy I want to add to that group. Yeah, DJ Moore is definitely a hot one, in my opinion. I mean, is he going for anything shorter than a, than a first-round pick? In my opinion, I, I don't think so. I mean, that type of talent has been hidden a little bit. I mean, if there's any team that wants to trade, maybe you can fish out maybe a couple seconds. But just because it's in Carolina, they're not good. Bad coaching, bad quarterback play. He's been under the radar, basically, league-wide in terms of just fans, you know. But turn on the tape and you could tell this guy has it so I, I i definitely agree definitely and as you said targeting mike strawn dj moore would definitely have better effort on those routes in the in the end zone as well too so my guy that i'm gonna go with 
uh, might be as a, as a surprise to people, but I would target uh, Bryce Hall from the from the Jets. He he's you know trying to crack that lineup there a little bit. There's some other things going on in New York where a lot of guys are questionable, you know, questioning their future with the franchise. Bryce Hall is one of them. 24 years old, out of Virginia. He's drafted there first round. Just uber talented, uber talented in the drafting of Sauce Gardner, the number one corner in the draft this past April kind of taking some of those snaps away so if he wants to go somewhere look i know the conversation right now is brandon Faison versus isaiah rogers how about we clear both of those guys and bring in the answer instead of a speculated answer bettering up the defense because obviously once you get into january it don't matter how good your run defense is if you cannot stop stop the pass game you're not going to win or you're not going to go far in the playoffs. So I would feel better if we had a more sure answer at the other corners corner spot, because as much as we do like Isaiah Rogers, we're clamoring for him to be out there because he's better than Brandon face on, but how many other guys are better than Isaiah Rogers, right? Bryce Hall. I'm pretty sure he's better than Isaiah Rogers, but Isaiah Rogers is for sure on the come up. But if you wanted to shore up that position and have no questions asked, no doubts going into a game, I'd go that I'd go that route. So guys, uh, Austin Corbett, you got DJ Moore and then Bryce Hall. Who do you guys have? Comment down below who you guys think. Uh, obviously, all these trades, like Landon said, you want to maybe hold off on some draft capital. For me, for the Bryce Hall package, Landon Marcus, I, I would I would put Kenny Moore in the package. You know, do you want this guy? And we could attach a third round pick to it. We could attach Washington's third round pick since we traded ours to trade up for Nick Cross. I would I would put that in the deal. You know, take this Pro Bowler and take a pick and let let's have it at that. Isaiah Rogers could slide in at nickel. I think that would be a good package. So. Other than that, I think that'll possibly close this uh, segment here. Now, speaking of Isaiah Rogers, it, it's funny because I mentioned maybe not having him as the answer, and then we're going to go next into the next segment about him starting this game coming up against Tennessee. Marcus, it's the biggest question right now, maybe bigger than Matt Pryor. It's, it's the biggest concern right now. S- playing playing wise, Isaiah Rogers is getting more but I don't think he should be getting more. I think he should be getting all of them. That's the question at hand right now. So Marcus, do you think Isaiah Rogers should not only just play more than Brandon, Brandon face on? That's not the question. Should he start over him? And should it be this week? Absolutely. Uh, I think we all can see the effort that he gave in that Denver game where he got his snaps. Like one, he's a better tackler and two, he's faster. Three, he's more athletic and four, he's a better coverage guy. Um, of course, we all know the familiarity he has. Well, I mean, face on has with Gus Bradley, yada, yada, yada. We get it. But it's only going to go for so long because he can be familiar as all he wants, but it's not showing on game day at all. Like, you know, the angles he's taking to try to tackle the guys, you know, him trying to get he getting smoked on routes. It's just all bad. And then when Rodgers gets on the field, it's like, okay, now the Colts have momentum. They got signs of life. I mean, we've seen this over the last few seasons with Roger Senior. It's like, why is he not getting his fair share of actually getting that chance to start? Because I think he proved it. But unfortunately, we did change coordinators, 
And I think, honestly, if Eberfuss was still here, he would have had that spot already. So it is what it is. But personally, I do agree. I do think he should be starting. Um, no ifs, ands, or buts. We've seen that, that change happen immediately when Dennis Kelly got that rumor speculation. And then before the game, he got announced to start a left tackle. And then look at what happened. A boost on the offensive side. So I think if we can do that same thing on the defensive side, we'll get a little better sign of life for Isaiah Rogers Sr. to start. I, I agree, Marcus. I, I think I think we're all going to agree on this one because, to me, it's you can sit there and come up to the media and say, well, Isaiah Rogers is getting more reps. We don't need him to get more reps. We need him to start and be on the field at all times. That is not the discussion. Landon, I, I'm curious of, of, of your take where you're going to go with this, because obviously it's going to lead to Isaiah Rogers playing more, but how should they use him? Well, one, uh, I think you almost kind of saw it play out in the last Titans game where Faceon's on the field. Derrick Henry takes that angle. Faceon doesn't set the edge. Henry, you know, pretty much walks into the end zone. Later on in that same game, in this same game, Isaiah Rogers is on the field, has the opportunity to make the same play, makes the tackle. I mean, like you see it every week now. And it's not only like, I mean, not only is he a great tackler, but he's around the ball constantly. Um, he just makes plays. And then only not only that, but even in coverage, I mean, he's allowing like, I think like 0. 0.3 yards per coverage snap, which is like nothing. Like that's less than a yard. And I, like, that's like fourth best in the entire NFL over all corners. I believe PFF has him rated as a top 10 cornerback right now. And I mean, it isn't limited snaps, but I mean, you're talking about a guy right now who's just you know, like a stud on every level. And, you know, fans can see it. Film people can see it. I don't know why the coaches can't see it. And, you know, I, I know he's on the field. He's out. He's out snapping him totally. But like it, it, it needs to be more like it, it really does need to be more. Um, and I mean, I don't know if it's going to be like every single snap because, I mean, guys, you know, they'll rotate and they need a break. But. I mean, yeah, I, I don't know what, like, what are we doing here? What are, like, come on, man. Like, what are we doing here? I mean, we, we've literally seen how this plays out on an almost weekly basis where you put face on in, he takes a bad angle. He misses a tackle. He grabs and it's a flag, gives him a first down. You put Isaiah Rogers in and boom. I mean, it's, it's instant magic. Like you want to talk about Kenny Moore being lightning in a bottle. That guy's literally the definition of lightning in a bottle. Cause whenever he's on the field, good things happen for the Colts. I definitely, I definitely agree because it's almost like just the usage of a player now, not to bring them up, but it just happened last night. You know, the, the NBA kicked off. I'm a fan of the Mavericks. You had an addition to a big man who can score. So Christian, his name is Christian Wood. He's having a great fourth quarter, right? Having a great 16 straight points and everything. He's not starting the game, okay? But having that impact on the game, and he's not on the closing lineup. You Pacers fans, if you're, you're a Pacers fan, you know your basketball, you know what I'm talking about. It's one thing to not start, but if you're a top five player and maybe the, the scheme of your offense causes you to be on the bench, there is no reason why you should be on the bench still at the end of the game when it's time to win it. That's what that's my biggest thing with Isaiah Rogers. When it's time to go and it's the biggest moment of the game, I'm not seeing him on the field. I'm not. If he is 
if he is better than Brandon Faison, why is he not on the field when it matters most? Because he's more talented, he's faster, his technique as a corner is much better than Brandon Faison. I gave Faison credit because of how much of a solid run defender he is as a corner. He's a willing tackler as a corner. You don't find too many corners that are embracing contact, you know, the past two weeks, minimal contact at that. But he started the season, I thought, pretty solid. So that's where I'll go with that. Now, moving into the preview for this game, obviously, Indianapolis, they're pissed off. Hopefully they are. They lost to Tennessee the last matchup literally just like three weeks ago. And now they're heading to Tennessee to try and right that wrong that happened in Indianapolis. So talking about the Colts offense versus the Titans defense, understandable. Everybody is going to talk about Matt Pryor facing Jeffrey Simmons, Danico Autry. But just speaking about the offensive line, because in this game, I think this is going to be another game where the offense and the defensive lines for each team are going to determine who win this game for me personally. Marcus, let me start with you. If first off, are you keeping the same starting five, Kelly, Nelson, Kelly, Pryor, Smith? Are you keeping those five going? And how would you go about possibly helping Matt Pryor? Um, for one, absolutely. I think if you've seen that most success with that rotation, you don't change it. Uh, like I said, I'm admin. I'm I was a fan of the, the you know the tempo that the way that the Colts was moving on offense. It was it was a thing of beauty. Of course, it has its pros and cons, you know. But at the end of the day, if that's what works and it gets Matt Ryan in rhythm to have a time to actually throw the football and hit his targets, I mean that's what you go with. Off of Matt Pryor's situation, I mean it's going to be tough. But I think it's going to be more on him and Ryan Kelly communicating on, you know, Jeffrey Simmons in general because they're going to try to expose that side of the field every play. I mean, I mean they have a defensive-minded coach, and if anybody knows how to go get the quarterback, it's probably Mike Vrabel. So, I mean, it's going to be tough, but I think if the communication is clicking with Kelly and Pryor, I think we'll have more success and we probably can get the, you know, a little bit of slack off Matt Pryor in the future. Um, but like I said, it just definitely comes with, you know, being on the field together. Uh, I think if you start to develop that chemistry – I mean, you know, moving forward, you're just, you know, it'll it'll be natural at the at some type of point. But for sure, I think that five will probably be a solid five for the rest of the season. And Matt Ryan, hey, his numbers is definitely going to be booming if we can keep it going like that. I mean, this game's going to tell a lot if we can keep it. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think the biggest thing amongst Colts fans on the timeline, I, I get it. You want to add different people in there. You want to you want to put fries or find a way to put Kelly at right tackle, put Ryman at left tackle. And I think Ryman has shown you he's just not ready to play yet. And so Kelly staying at left tackle, Smith staying at right tackle. Landon, my biggest fear, my biggest worry for this game when it comes to the offensive line, and I'm going to ask a question and, I'll, and, I, and I would like your answer afterwards. My biggest worry is not just Tennessee taking advantage of the offensive line. By now, everybody knows how to attack. Now, with that right side of the line, they know how to attack it. Stunts all day, every day. <sighs> We've talked about it on the timeline, right? How Chris Ballard has set him up for failure since day one. Since last January, he set him up to fail. You can see in, in the film, he's still, as a guard, still playing tackle. Still, his base, his footwork, 
his arm, his hand usage, it, it's still tackle technique at right guard, and that's why you're seeing the problems that you're seeing. But how would you mask Pryor's deficiencies right now? Would you need to, or do you think with time in maybe a couple more games, he'll get right back to where that steady, consistent play was at for right guard? Well, I mean, it's going to take a little bit more, but yeah, it's it's pretty much just time at this point. I mean, you got to you got to understand. I know we've talked about it kind of off camera, but you know, this guy spent the last eight months pre- preparing his body to play left tackle. We're talking about he's lost, you know, almost thirty pounds of weight. He's you know southpaw boxing. He's working on his entire left side for eight months, and then we're six weeks into the season. He moves over to the right side. He's playing everything backwards. And then not only that, now you kick him inside again where those 30 pounds matter. And you saw him last week. He got planted a few times. There was a play in particular. I know like I posted on my timeline where he gets beat inside. It was on the last play of the game or, you know, the last play of the Alec Pierce touchdown where he gets beat inside and you see him, you know, his arms extend, his leg kicks back his left leg kicks back and he's trying to push up field like he's playing left tackle. The only problem is whenever you're playing right guard and you push up field like that, you're knocking him directly into the quarterback. So um, yeah, it's, it's just been a mess with how they've handled him and there's not really much you can do to mask that just reps, time, um, coaching, continuing to get him you know more comfortable with everything. I think the biggest key for me is going to be got, I got like Quentin Nelson in this game. That's the guy that I'm wanting to, to really focus on here because we've kind of seen him not play up to the par of Quentin Nelson. And this is a game where, like Marcus said, you're going to have to ask Ryan Kelly to help on that right side there with Matt Pryor. So Quentin Nelson's going to have to win that one-on-one game. Uh, you know, Tier Tart is on the other side there. He's playing um, three tech and one tech. They're kind of rotating back and forth, but um, Tier Tart's a guy that we saw in the last game. He's getting a ton of batted balls. He's getting his hands up. You can't have that happen, and that turned into a pick last time, and he was double-teamed on that pick of Matt Ryan that he got. Um, whenever you double-team a guy, you cannot let his hands up. Like, you you just can't. So Quentin Nelson against that, that's going to be the key matchup to me because we already know they're going to put Jeffrey Simmons on Matt Pryor. They're going to try to isolate him. They're going to try to use stunts, like you said. We, we know that. So at this point, you just have to help where you can. Let Quentin Nelson be Quentin Nelson. Hopefully, you know, he can hold Tier Tart and kind of allow the rest of the line to kind of form around Matt Pryor. Um, and really, it's game plan, too. Like, whenever you're talking about this offensive line, we saw it last week. Get the ball out quick. Um, you know, luckily for them, Tennessee's pass rushing, I know it's kind of weird to think, but Tennessee actually is a little bit worse at pass rush win rate than Jacksonville is. So, theoretically, this should be an easier matchup for this offensive line um you know they're dealing with injuries there but dupree's kind of still banged up again um so i mean yeah like they're they're dealing with injuries they're not as great of pass rushing as jacksonville is so i want to see them come out kind of attack it the same way and i can get a little bit more in depth once we get into you know a little bit more but that's just kind of my thoughts on the o-line yeah the offensive line is going to be the biggest key to this one And Quentin Nelson, I mean, this whole entire offensive line, the first game against Tennessee, all of them struggled. All of them struggled. Braden Smith struggled. Quentin Nelson struggled. Ryan Kelly struggled. Everybody struggled in that first game. Now, it's almost, 
Tennessee would have played, will play Indianapolis twice in a month span, and they would face two different offensive line combinations. That's that's insane. I mean, I, I for one, speak for everybody, obviously, who, who has the chance and the opportunity to speak into a microphone about this. You have to just find a starting five and stick with it and build that chemistry of playing with each other. And I think you have been able to find it. So I, I expect a lot of stunts. And the thing about a Vrabel defense, the thing about Vrabel that I appreciate about him so much is he has this CEO type of mentality as a head coach. You know, Frank Wright doesn't necessarily have that. I, I don't think it's like an alpha dog trait that Mike Vrabel just walks on the field and he just has that aura about him that he just looks upon you and you're just like, and just like I'm better than you. Like, I'm a better coach than you. My team fears me more than yours does, and my team's going to be ready to play better than yours. It's a testament to how good of a coach he is, reigning NFL Coach of the Year. The thing about his defense is up front, they're always tough. That's why I think a guy like Danico Autry was kind of like the perfect signing for them because we saw what he did for us. He's doing the same thing. For Tennessee. Now you pair him with Jeffrey Simmons, Tart, Dupree, Weaver. That's a strong front right there. So that's the offensive line. That's the that that's that's up front. How the Colts should attack this. You're looking like you're you could get Jonathan Taylor back, looking like you could get Naheem Hines back. Those are two additions to the offense. What I want to see in this game, okay? I think for one, if I'm if I'm Marcus Brady. And I'm going to Frank Reich and I'm telling him, asking him, look, this is how I think we should go. We don't see it a lot from Frank Reich. Frank Reich loves 21 personnel. He loves 21 personnel a lot. No 21 personnel. First off, you don't have two in the 21 to work with because Molly Cox has given you nothing in the blocking department at all this season. So why are we going to continue to go there? off the field i want to see more two running back sets two more because that could be more help for the offensive line you can have your guy in naheem hines or a deon jackson be your guy for check downs right instead of just having 21 your tight ends are running routes your running back is going to be your check down there's nobody there to protect matt ryan a little bit more if somebody gets past nelson kelly or Pryor. Now, in this case, you still have your check down in 12 personnel. You still have your check down in Hines, but also Taylor or Jackson can be there still to offer protection, more protection. I think that's an adjustment that Frank Reich should go into this game. That That's my opinion. Landon, what would you say about that? Yeah, well, just just let you know, like 21 personnel is the two running backs. So 21 personnel, you're looking at two running backs, one tight end, and two wide receivers. So you do want 21 personnel is what you're saying. Um, My fault, well, y'all. I'm stupid. Yeah, no. So so what you're talking about. I didn't pass math class about, in high school. So. Yeah, no, no, it's all right. It's a common mistake. So are you talking about uh, like two tight end sets or like three tight end sets? So, you, so yeah, you're talking about like 12 and 13 personnel. Um, so you want to get away from that. So you want to go strict 11, strict 21. Um, but for me, it's, it's really like comes down to like kind of what they did last week. So Tennessee almost runs a very similar scheme to what Jacksonville does. So you have a lot of middle field closed, um, cover one scheme, uh, very man heavy. 
so you want to attack that like frank reich attacked it last week a lot of drive concepts like you saw a lot of drive concepts with Pittman. um you you saw that with campbell as well them converting all these third downs you saw a lot of motion getting getting guys the ball out in space quick accurate passes not letting you know that defensive line affect the game and and having these guys you know with yards after catch opportunities and that that's the key to me and really like the titans defense like where while they are strong up front they really do struggle in the pass game like that's that's where they're bad their linebackers are bad in coverage their cornerbacks are not playing up to par right now um elijah molden's hurt i believe so um he's probably gonna miss this game as well but right now so in drop back epa for the defense um so that's expected points added right now they're averaging 0.16 um or basically 0.17 if you really get into it that's number 28 in the league so that's that's one of the worst pass defenses in the league and it and it showed even in the in the prior game so Matt Ryan he had 356 yards two touchdowns only one pick 73% completion percentage and almost 10 yards per attempt like let let's keep this horse running man like um you're talking about one of the worst passing defenses in the league that runs a very similar scheme to what Jacksonville's doing. Like you're having a, like you had a lot of success with that last week. Now, obviously they're going to watch the tape of last week. They're going to prepare and all that. So they, they do a very good job of being a little bit multiple, but I don't, I don't think they should really get away from the game plan of last week. Now, maybe you want to slow it down a little bit. You know, obviously you Mm want to involve Jonathan Taylor, but man, like keep your foot on the gas. Like you found something that works. You're playing a very similar defense. That's not good against the pass. Like let's get these linebackers out here, make them cover Paris Campbell, make these linebackers cover Michael Pittman in space, make, make their cornerback, you know, you know, five foot 10, you know, guys out there, make them have to guard Alec Pierce deep or Jelani Woods in the red zone. Like let's keep this going. So I think they should, basically attack it the way they attack Jacksonville. I think they're going to see a lot of success this week in the passing game. Definitely. Definitely. I, and I, and I agree because like you said, you can get Taylor involved, but I, I've disagreed with how Frank Reich has approached the offensive game plan by trying to go 60, 40 pass run. I think in this league, you have to go 80, 20. You, you have a solid running back. Yes. You know, there's going to be a conversation soon whether he should get a fat contract. After these two games being 2-0, and I think that kind of upset Taylor's manager a little bit, oh, if I'm man. being honest. like You don't want to get me started on the never pay running back stuff. <laughs> hey, I'll, I'll go in on of, that. <laughs> kind of made him a little bit uh, anxious right there, but it kind of feeds into our argument, you know what I mean? But I, I want to see more passes. I get it. You want to go downhill. You want to run. That's fine and dandy, man. I think that can be your gut punch in the playoffs. But here in the now, you win games by throwing the football. You win championships by throwing the football. You had two really good running backs last year in the Super Bowl. Joe Mixon, Cam Akers. What were their total rushing yards? And L.A. still won the Super Bowl. Cincinnati was still this close from winning the Super Bowl if they just had a guard or anybody capable of blocking anybody in that game. (laughs) Marcus, for you, I guess I'll be that guy. Not named Michael Pittman. Who do you want to see 
step I I know I hate being that guy but anyone not named Michael Pittman who would you like and who are you wanting to see step up in this game uh Mo Ali Cox uh he's oh, been Jesus. absent for a very very long time you and asked not- me and I think this would be a perfect game for him to step up because hello your backups are playing better than you I think you would be a little upset about that you just got paid and your backups are outperforming you I think you should make yourself known in this rivalry game in the division to, you know, make a big statement because one, your red zone, your red zone targets are getting taken away. And two, you're barely getting looked at anyway. And you're tight end number one on the roster. That should be unacceptable in your book. So of course he learned the game late at tight end, yada, 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 former basketball player. We get it. But I think he can still be implemented in this offense and can still have some type of success if he just catch the football, it's just that simple. You know, there's other ways he can get involved in the game as well, like blocking. Hello, he's like still like the tallest tight end almost on the roster. So, I mean, I think if he can step up this game, that could be not only good for the Colts, but that could be good for Matt Ryan as well. Marcus. The day, Landon, I don't know if you were. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards tell them to oppose the durbin marshall credit card bill listening at the time of the draft marcus the day jelani woods was drafted what did i say about him you said he was tight end one okay i said day one he was already the best receiving option in the tight end room already without even getting to rookie mini camp without even getting to training camp without even getting his damn jersey without even shaking chris ballard's hand he was already better at receiving than moali cox i'm not shocked by that by the results so far this season we're only six games in so the jury is not well it's sort of out on moali cox okay he's stealing money from the indianapolis colts but I, that that's bold going moali cox that that is bold but wasn't it just like last month where he had two touchdowns in a game? So I, I'm not going to argue or argue with that. I'm, I'm not going to argue with that. But the blocking definitely needs to get better. The receiving, I mean, he's just not getting looks, really. It's Jelani Woods who's getting looks yeah, because well, look, he can gain separation. Let's shout out Colin Granson, too. Like that oh, guy Colin, is, yes. Yeah, yes. let's shout out Colin Granson, too, because that guy is showing out right now. Like Four catches for 38 awesome, yards. Man. Four catches for 38 yards. May not mean much in the box. No, but, but it's, yeah, it's, it's when the catches occur. Like, critical yes. situations that guy is, like, Moving the chains. Yes, he is moving the chains. And on that last drive, what did he have? Two big of catches already. So that's already a testament to yeah, what there was he a got. play. There was a play he had where where he runs he runs a corner and he absolutely broke off Devin Lloyd. Like he broke oh. off Devin Lloyd. And that's so impressive for a tight end to do to a linebacker like that who's really well in space. Like that's there's some elite elite stuff coming out of Colin Granson right now. Landon. Mike. Marcus, you already know how I feel, dude. This was such a good free agent tight end room or free agent tight end class this past offseason. 
And this dude prioritized mo. Let's move on to the defense, all right? Colts defense versus the Titans offense. This one is going to be interesting. The first thing that I want to touch on, though, because I think it's definitely worth touching on, there is a chance Shaquille Leonard could play in this game. Now, this is going to be a hot take, but I'm going to say it. I will feel more nervous about this game if Shaquille Leonard plays. I would feel much more confident if he was ruled out on Friday, tomorrow, today, basically when you're listening to this. I would feel much more confident about it because this style of offense in coverage, Darius Leonard has a hard time playing against. I mean, show me a great game in pass coverage that Shaquille Leonard has had against the Titans. Against the Titans. And now I I don't want to force him into another game against the Titans, a big game, and he's still learning this scheme on the field. It's one thing to learn it in the in the film room. It's one to learn it on the sideline in practice. But being on the field, he still is not there. This game, I would hold him out. What do you guys think? Well, yeah, I, I agree. Uh, like I said, I think if we had to rule him out the whole season, I wouldn't be opposed to that decision because his replacements are playing very well. Um, and like I said, Zaire and EJ definitely – and Bobby Okereke took big steps this year so far, and they already knew it's next man up. That's the mentality that we go with. So, I mean, of course we want Shaquille out there because, like I said, he's good at stopping the run, and that's a huge piece we need on this defense that we're missing is, you know, run stoppage, and he forces turnovers, which is another thing we're missing. But, like I said, he has his pros and cons when he's on the field. Me, personally, I would want him in this game because we know what Derrick Henry's going to try to do, and I think that'll help you know, you know, release the lack of, you know, branded face ons of the world or that scenario. But like I said, we will need him this game personally. Uh, it's just on the usage rate or how many snaps he's going to see. I think that's going to be the biggest, you know, the biggest concern in this game. I don't think he'll see a lot of snaps, but I think he'll see a few. But I think we, we do need him in this game for sure. Yeah, I I agree. Like, as far as like, limiting his snaps i don't know if he should be ruled out completely but because i mean eventually like you got to get the guy game reps um i know this is a big game though so uh zaire franklin's playing out of his mind right now he's he's been fantastic for us um and then on top of that you know bobby okarake is playing good ej speed crucial fourth down stop last week like these these guys are playing really good ball um i would probably run him out like on first down like on like run run stopping downs where you know henry's going to be a big factor the titans for whatever reason they like to run the ball on first down um so i would probably keep him out there and then kind of rotate him out on like third downs and stuff like that and let franklin and okarake do their thing but um yeah i mean that that is one thing that we really do miss is his turnovers. Like he he really does almost kind of like Isaiah Rogers, where Isaiah Rogers is just always around the ball. Darius Leonard is always around the ball, um, and that's something this defense don't doesn't have right now. Um, so yeah, I I worry a little bit too because you kind of saw it in the in the first Titans game um, where you know I I think his mind was was where it wants to be, but his body just it it couldn't get there in time and. It was the play that ended up, you know, he had the concussion and stuff. It ended up, you know, cost them the touchdown. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's something that he's not used to, and back injuries are no joke. So, um, yeah, I, I I agree that he is needed. He does need to get game reps. But 
this would probably be a game that I would be like really light on him, uh, on him performing. Definitely, definitely. And I, and I guess I could see, and I even talk about it sometimes, just the presence of him being out there makes the offense second guess a little bit. And if you can do that, have some gamesmanship there, you you could find yourself on the winning end at the, at the end of the day. So talking about our defense and how they should attack, man. Marcus, you remember, it was just a month ago we talked about this. The Titans are going to look for Kenny Moore. They're going to look for him, and that's what they did. They Ryan, every single offensive snap where you knew it was going to be a pass because Ryan Tannehill would look for Kenny Moore, locate him, look at his receiver, and he gave him the look, targeted him so many times in that game, and in uh, some success, su- some success. So this is a game where I get very nervous about whoever is in the slot. Robert Woods, obviously, they're going to want to get that match up there. But if you have Rodney Thomas there shadowing, you know, he ain't going to get nothing on Rodney Thomas. But this might be the game Julian Blackman might get his starting job back. Uh, and that's a good problem to have right there. Julian Blackman versus Rodney Thomas, really good problem to have. As long as one of them are playing, I'm perfectly fine at that position. But my 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 issue so far in this game to make an impact for me, and I'll let you guys Get, get in on this defense but there's one man guys that i am looking on this defense and i'm going to be watching at all times because in my personal opinion he has been a disappointment so far this season and that's yannick Ngakwe. he was hyped up gus bradley asked for him he got him you gave away a really good young stud corner to get him okay and what has he really given you so far not really much. Two sacks, one good one against Kansas City. The other one, hell, I should probably just, the one against Denver, remember that, Landon Marcus? I don't even think I should give that to, to Yannick. That should go to DeForest Buckner because he forced Russell Wilson to step up in the pocket and just landed right in Yannick and Gakwe's arms. He was just standing there. That's literally what the play was. Let DeForest do his thing, be there for the sack. That was literally it. He didn't do anything. He didn't even touch an offensive lineman on the play. And then you go back to the last Tennessee game. Marcus, didn't we talk about that with with our guests, uh, Nick and Sam? Man, Taylor Lewan's out. Back up left tackle. This should be Yannick Ngakwe's game. And guess what? Zero quarterback hits, zero pressures, zero sacks. Are you kidding me? So, no, this cannot happen again. And in this game, I am looking for Yannick Ngakwe to make an impact. Uh, Yeah, I definitely agree with you on that. Um, my, My biggest issue for the Colts, is please stop the screens. Like, um, the screen play is going to be – it was a headache watching, you know, for the last few weeks because it feel like, you know, when teams watch this film, they're like, oh, they can't double down on this. So the screen play has to be contained at an all-time high because that was one of the reasons why Derrick Henry scored, you know, at the end of the game, the first meeting, because the screen play was just so wide open. Of course, you had Kenny Moore on that side. He's just looking. He takes a bad angle. Face on, can't catch him either. And he was just gone for like 30 yards. So the screenplay has to be contained this game. And another issue I had is the sideline catches because there were so many sideline catches. There's like nobody there at all. I mean, it just went flat out invisible. So those are my two biggest things I'm going to be looking for this game is how do you contain the screenplay from the running backs and the wide receivers? And can you at least stop them on the sideline plays at least maybe three times? Uh, so those are my two biggest issues that I'm going to be looking for. 
Landon, where are you going? Man, there, there's two things that always annoy the hell out of me when we play the Tennessee Titans. One of them is, and, it, and it's really every team, I don't know why teams let Ryan Tannehill do this, but whenever they run the naked boot and they get Ryan Tannehill out on the move, every time, like it, it, it without fail, he either will break off a big run because there's nobody guarding him over there, or he's able to get out on the move, find, you know, find his check down and create plays. And I mean, it's every Titans game. And it's like, man, why, why haven't these defenses adjusted to, you know, either setting the edge on that side or just straight up, like just attacking, like quit trying to go in, but just attack. Um, and, and this is supposed to be an attacking front from the Colts. So I don't know. I mean, we got good pressure last week. They showed up. To me, it's the the big key to this game is going to be to set the edge. Like, and that's something that Quiddy Pay did exceptionally well. That as we've seen with him out, the Colts have not done well. And um, obviously, some of that's on Brandon Face on. Um, I think Taquan Lewis has played well. Yannick Ngakwe cannot set the edge. And what's what's bad too is Face on and Ngakwe are generally on the same side on of the, the ball. So you have two guys that cannot set the edge. Where do you think they're going every single time, man? It's zone it's left every so, time. Yeah, and, and it's not like this Titans offense is some juggernaut either. I mean, you have they're they're ranked thirty first in total offense, twenty eighth passing offense. So you know, like they're not beating you down the field. They're not bombing you to death like Kansas City will or you know Buffalo will. Like they're very like are like I don't even know the correct word, but like they're they're very just dink and dunk you to death they'll you know nickel and dime you paper you know death by a thousand paper cuts um so yeah set the edge quit letting henry get outside because he has henry has struggled going up the gut that's not what he's you know really built to do when you get that guy momentum out on the edge and let him you know stiff arm cornerbacks and stiff arm these linebackers and it gets you know momentum up and everybody's cheering and all that stuff like you cannot let that happen Uh, especially they're going to be at home so uh yeah it's set the edge and for the love of god somebody cover ryan Tannehill on naked boots it drives me nuts every single time i watch the titans play yeah the the bootleg every time they run a boot my heart drops i'm like oh my gosh who's open or how many yards is he going for it never fails and you're exactly right landon my biggest thing if i'm gus bradley man i'm i'm um I have no loyalty to Kenny Moore because he's clearly he wasn't a pro bowl, bowler, a pro bowler under my regime, under my guidance. This game, man, for Derrick Henry. Hey, we're not going nickel. Kenny, be on the sideline, be ready to go in. But this time we're just going to go to the traditional four three. We're just going to go traditional. We need those three linebackers in there. And we need to stop the run because clearly when they were going nickel, two linebackers was not enough, especially when their guards were getting up to the second level. So now you're relying on Julian Blackman, Rodney Thomas, Rodney McLeod to make the stop. That should not be the case. Your linebackers should be filling the holes, especially when you have the talented front that you have. And part of it is execution. DeForest Buckner, Grover Stewart did not play the greatest against Tennessee in the run game. That is true. But it you also are not helping anybody if you just have two linebackers out there. It's not going to work. So I think the best thing to do, have your three out there. Just have your three. If someone needs to come out, guess what? You still got your JoJo Domans of the world. 
Still got that guy. Now, where where else do you go after that? I mean, I'm not sure if you're trying to get what is his name? The the special teamer who has hair like a lion? What what Grant Stakuna or uh, uh, no no disrespect by the way. I, I I legit don't know his the pronunciation of his last name. But regardless, you just got to I'm not going to say stack the box, but that extra athleticism, strength and EJ speed just helps so much more in my opinion. So well, I know I know Gus Bradley like I, I know they don't tend to do this. They don't go like with three safety looks a lot. Um but with the way Rodney McLeod is playing right now and the way Rodney Thomas is playing, if you do get a guy like Julian Blackman back, um one thing I will say like I'll defend Kenny Moore a little bit cuz he did have a really good game against Jacksonville. Um and he did a really good job of trying to set the edge on his side. Most of the coverage breakdowns like we pointed out came on Brandon face on side when he takes bad angles. But um, a lot of that was just really good offense, like really good design from the offensive line. But um, yeah, like I, I might look at maybe getting out of, you know, that nickel, like you said, and possibly inserting an extra safety in there, like a guy like Julian Blackman, who is just as athlete can use that athleticism. He can still make plays and coverage. Uh, but as we've seen, that guy's not afraid to go up and lay the lumber on Derrick Henry. We've we've seen that story play out. So uh, maybe they might look to go a little bit more three safety looks in this game. Yeah, I, I yeah. If they do, if they do do that, I mean, we still do have Nick Cross on the roster, and we did. They did talk about trying to implement him, but you guys talk about athleticism, good tackler, and you know can play coverage. You like you see some like somebody lacking. I mean, if you want to even be, if you want to still run the nickel. You could take out Kenny Moore and put Nick Cross right there. I think we might have some types of success, but we do have to implement him in this defense because there's plays when we all know he can make something happen that these guys aren't doing. And I think I think Nick Cross can definitely have a big role in this Titans game for sure when it comes to try to stop the run or even these passes across the middle because, I mean, if Shaquille don't play, I mean, you still want to run two linebackers. I mean, you can throw Nick Cross right there in the middle of the field, him and McLeod or him and Rodney Thomas. I think that could be a game changer for sure. What you, what y'all think? I think, I think for me personally, I would go Blackman, McLeod, Cross. You know, Marcus and everybody watching this, y'all know I have been on Rodney Thomas since he was drafted i have loved him i predicted he would make the roster and a lot of people said he would be cut he made the roster in the preseason he showed he can come up and make tackles but here's the difference between him and nick cross rodney thomas is coming up from his free safety spot to make a tackle nick cross was making plays inside the box that that's where i think that's nick cross that's his area up at the line of scrimmage in the box to make a play. If he's playing, he's not going to go head up, go high on Derrick Henry. He would be a fool. The University of Maryland would shut down if they gave that type of education to go high on Derrick Henry. Get low. Get in the box. Get low on him and get it that way. Because as much as I love Rodney Thomas, I see Nick Cross better use of that hybrid spot than I have Rodney. I mean, Rodney played everywhere at Yale. Safety, strong safety, corner, linebacker. He played everywhere, but that was at Yale. That was in the Ivy League. Those guys are now lawyers and all state all state agents. That's where they are now. So for now, I would go Blackman, McLeod, Cross. Landon, where would you go? 
Um, it's tough, man, because it's tough to take Rodney Thomas off the field unless he gives you a reason to. Really uh, tough. The best safety yeah, on the roster. Yeah, because right now he hasn't given yeah, you a reason to. Yeah, best safety. Um, and, and they really, like, with him and Cross, like, they play two very, very different roles, like you said. Like, like trying to compare is like apples and oranges, man. Like, you're you're not going to get the same type of player from both of them. So, um, yeah, I mean, I really think you could put any combination in it and be fine with that, honestly. Like I said, I don't know if they will because you're going to want Kenny Moore out there. He's got, you know, the Pro Bowl experience. He's He's been in these big moments before. And you want to obviously give that guy ben- the benefit of the doubt. Um, but I, I agree. I, I would probably attack them, you know, because like I said, they're not going to bomb. Like, they're not going to bomb me. Like, they can, they can try, but history has shown through six weeks that that's not the team Tennessee is. So Yeah, I don't, I don't think they're throwing 40 times in this game. No, no, they would be crazy too. That's where I think the Colts could really like, I mean, like this is a, this could be a big statement for Indy. Like this might be the biggest game of the year they have right now. Like and, Ted talk. Yeah. He, he was on man. Marcus was on it, man. Like you're talking about a swing in playoff percentages. You go from a 50, like almost 55% chance to make the playoffs to a 20% chance to make the playoffs. If you lose this game. That is a massive swing. Um, so, yeah, like I think you really need to do everything you can to keep this defense in front of you, attack downhill, tackle, set the edge. Don't let Derrick Henry get loose on these screens, like Marcus said. Don't let him get to the edge. Make him try to go up the middle. Funnel that guy into Big Grove. Funnel that guy into DeForest Buckner. And not only that, but like this, it seems like every time we play the Titans, DeForest Buckner is hurt or Grover Stewart is out. Like we always end up missing a deep, like a really big defensive tackle piece. That's probably not going to be the case this week. Like we're going to have both those guys relatively healthy. This should be the game where it's like, okay, let's, let's show you what we're about here. I'm so sick of these damn Titans fans, man. Four wins in a row. They get on Twitter. They talk constantly. They think that, you know, beating the Colts is their Super Bowl Cause as we know, they don't have one. That's what this is. This is what they like. You know, they they want to beat the Colts, and th- they don't have a good stadium. Like the best thing about their stadium is they have a Logan's Roadhouse in the end zone. Like that's that's the only good thing you have down in Nashville right now. Let's make them, let's make them cry and remember who their daddy is. Big Forest, you know, Big DeForest, Big Grove. Let's eat. Let's get after these guys, and for the love of God, let's go win this this football game. Who in the hell lives in Nashville is what I want to know. That that's what I want to know. Like, what is there? Like, okay, so, <laughs> it, it, but what is there besides Hendon Hooker, right? What 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 is there? So, uh, <laughs> you, got yeah, the, maybe you got the kid. Future. You got the Kid Rock Bar. Women's basketball. Tennessee women's, women's basketball. Tennessee okay. women. Hey, hey, men's Shout basketball. Out Pat as well. Rest in peace, Pat Summit. I love. Uh, yeah. I, absolutely. I absolutely. Um. But but but. Anyways, I mean. This is the game where, and I agree agree with Landon. It's always like someone is always out, and Quinny Pay will be out, but that's going to be a defensive end. And last game, Taekwon Lewis showed that he can fill that role actually very good. Good, so I'm not worried about him. But the biggest problem for me is I'm more worried about the starter than I am the backup at defensive end. That's the problem for me. I'm worried about Yannick Ngakwe, the starter, the guy making $15 million. I'm more worried about him. So now I'm starting to think, damn, we gave Rocky a cent up for this dude? 
like yeah, he's, let's jump he was always he was always a rotational guy to me like and, and he's a very good rotational guy but whenever you try to you got to put that guy in the position to succeed like if you're a coach like you have to know what his strengths are you have to know what his weaknesses are you throwing him out there against a team like the Tennessee Titans all three downs and expecting him to set the edge when he's got Brandon face on us you know behind him Man, like you're just setting these guys up for failure. Like, let's, you know, put him in on pass rushing down, let him pin his ears back and go eat. Outside of that, man, I agree, man. Taekwon Lewis has showed out. Odigbo showed out. Dio showed out a little bit last week. Like that's right. Ophidio Deniabo had a really good rush. That was man, that yeah. was huge. Yeah, you got some horses on that line, man. So um, yeah, let's let's put these guys in the best position to succeed, play to their strengths and you know, it, like, let's not get too far ahead of ourselves with, oh, well, you know, Ngakwe is a three-down, you know, defensive man. He's never been that. So let's let's not try to fit a square peg into a round hole. Yeah, and uh, maybe closer we'll talk about the contract as well. So not a lot of great con- contracts on this damn freaking roster so far. So uh, in anyways, in anyways, guys, let's go ahead and jump into some keys to the game and some predictions as well. But before we do that, if you guys love playing daily fantasy sports, boy, do we have a great deal for you guys as well. And this next segment is brought to you by Prize Picks. All first-time users that deposit and use promo code Blue Stable will receive a 100% instant deposit matchup to $100. If you want to deposit $100, Prize Picks will match your $100, and now you'll have $200 to start making some bets. So now, if you deposit $50, Prize Picks will match your $50. If you your minimum is $10, if you do $10, they'll give you $10. $20, they'll give you $20. Whatever it is, when you sign up, use the blue stable, blue stable. Use that promo code and get a match and go play some go all you're doing is just going against projections that's it if michael pittman for this sunday is projected at 10 110 i'm going over personally i'm going over not a damn player on the titans can hold his you know what not no one okay wide receiver one thank you very much all right now let's get to it and if you are also new oh marcus you got something to say Hold his cleats, man. You, you cleats, he, he yes. can't hold his cleats. Where do you think I was going with that? Hold his luggage. Of course, his, his cleats. cleats. Of course. Yes, drive his truck. Tell him, chauffeur him around town. That's what it is. So, anyways, guy, I'm just being crazy. Oh well. And if you are watching on YouTube, make sure you give a like and a comment and subscribe for that hype, man, for uh, Michael Pittman Jr. So let's get into the keys of the game. We each got one for you guys. Indianapolis Colts traveling to Tennessee. Surprisingly, guys, as bad as this season has been for Indianapolis, they still sit back half a game outside of first place of the AFC South. You know what that means, guys? That means at stake. Well, not in week seven, obviously, but towards the end of the road, home playoff game and a division title. Personally, if it came down to it, I don't care about the division title. I want a home playoff game. That's what Jim Mercer wants as well. He wants to start hosting major sporting events in Indianapolis again, right? He wants the Super Bowl. He's still going for the Super Bowl for Indianapolis to host another one. But he wants a home playoff game. And it's been since what, 2013 since one was hosted? So we're due. We're due. So let's get into the keys of the game for this damn game. Landon, I'm going to go with you, man. What you got for us? 
Look, man, this is real simple to me. Right now, the key to the game of winning this game is red zone performance. Titans, right now, number one in the league in red zone performance. 92.3% of the time, they are scoring. That is ridiculous. Just to put that into perspective, the Chiefs are the number two team, 76%. So you have an almost 20% jump from number one to number two. They're scoring 92% of the time. What's the issue with Tennessee is they don't get into the red zone very much. So once they get into the red zone, you have to stop them. The Jaguars were three and three, three of three on Sunday in the red zone, getting touchdowns um, whenever they needed them. So um, to put, you know, for Indy, they're 25th in the league right now. They're only getting it at 47.3% of the time. So the key to the game for me is real simple in the red zone Colts need to put in put the ball in the end zone, need to keep the Titans out of the end zone. I know it's like a real simplistic thing. It's like, well, of course, you know, you got to score and the other team doesn't need to score. But the percentages say when the Titans are in there, they're going to score. When the percentages, you know, when the Colts aren't, they're not going to score. So that's the big key to me is red zone performance. Marcus, where are you going? Uh, I'm going to go with pressure on Tannehill. I think if you get Tannehill, you know, because – even in the playoff games or whenever they have like a big game for the Tennessee Titans, most teams try to make Tannehill uncomfortable because when he's uncomfortable, he goes into one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL. And it's just that simple. And one of those issues we have as the Colts is not getting pressure on him. So I think if we can force any type of pressure and we have DeForest Buckner and Big Grove who are really key pieces into that pressure so that the edge can get open, I think we'll have a better outing against the Tennessee Titans if we can make Ryan Tannehill uncomfortable. I think that's a huge key for me. I actually want to speak on that because that was one of them that I was going to go with. <sighs> Guys, I am going to be irate if Yannick Ngakwe has another goose egg against a backup left tackle. I'm going to go absolutely crazy. I'm going to go absolutely crazy. There should be no reason why you cannot beat a backup left tackle. There should be. There's absolutely zero, zero reason for it. All right? Look, answering to everybody on Twitter, you know, reaching out to the community is all fine and dandy, but I don't give a shit about any of that except if you can't do anything on the field. All right? Yannick Ngakwe, please do something. Please do something. DeForest, Grover, Taekwon, I think they'll do their thing. I want to know if the star that we traded for this offseason is going to step up in a big game. Is he going to do that? Because he's yet to do that through five games, through six games so far. Is he going to do that? Will it be this Sunday? I'm hoping it will. To my key of the game, more, more, more. Alec Pierce and Jelani Woods. I need more of it. I need more of it. I've spoken about how tight end is a major X factor in Frank Reich's offense. It's a major X factor that takes this offense to a whole nother height. If you can get the tight end involved at a consistent level, you're going to go somewhere and you're going to be a really good offense. I think Michael Pittman will do his thing. That, that's big daddy over there. He will do his thing. All right. We all know it. But the others, Alec Pierce, target him a little bit more. Hell, take more of those one-on-one -on -one deep shots. 
I have I have confidence that every time it's going to be a catch or a DPI, defensive pass interference. I have confidence it's going to be one of those two. But for Jelani, more rookies stepping up. More rookies stepping up. Jelani Woods, I want to see more targets for him in this game because not only is he showing that he should be on the field at all times when inside the red zone, but guys, he's showing he should be on the field between the 20s as well. He's showing he should he can attack an offense, uh, attack a defense at all levels of the field. So I want more of these young guys, all right? I don't want 40 carries for Jonathan Taylor. I don't want any of that. I want passes, 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 because that's how you win in today's – that's how you win championships in today's NFL. So if we want to prep for February, let's go ahead and start now, all right? There's something to play for, something big. But for me, again, Alec Pierce, Jelani Woods, I'm looking for a big game from these guys because, again, Jelani Woods, take advantage of those linebackers, take advantage with that athleticism, that height. I think the Colts will have a very successful day. Now let's get into some predictions. Marcus, we'll start with you. We'll go to Landon, and then we'll finish with myself. One streak continues for the Indianapolis Colts, and they're going to make a huge statement. I'm going to go 31-21, same tempo as last week for the offense, Colts victory. All right, yeah. Um, w- one thing I'm never going to do, and if you know you follow me, you already know, I'm never going to pick the Titans to beat the Colts. That's just not in my nature. I can't do it. Um, so, yeah, Colts going to win this game. I think they're going to show out very similar to how last week was. I think this is going to actually be a good offensive game for the Colts. Um, 28-14, Indianapolis wins by two touchdowns, and let's take the lead in the division. Let's get it. Man, not even field goals. No love for Chase McLaughlin. Golly. Well, I think he's done enough for us in the last two weeks. So let's give him a day off. Uh, this one's gonna. Th- th- this one was tough for me. Made my decision earlier in the day for for who I would go with in this game, and I, I I'm gonna roll with Tennessee in this one because so far division games you continue to start out slow, and I'm at the point where you got to show me. You got to show me that you're taking division games serious because under Frank Reich, you're pretty poor in division games you don't take them seriously you don't so i want to see if you can start fast i want to say can you just start better than you have in the last five years can you do that can you just start better than you have my score that i'm gonna go with i'm gonna go uh tennessee 27 the colts uh 23 so 27 23 is where i have it i just i just it's it's frustrating to watch this offense sometimes. It's frustrating to watch the defense sometimes. But, hey, if you can get to the fourth quarter and it's a one-score game, anything can happen. But for that, I'll go with the Tennessee Titans right there. So other than that, guys, who do you have in this game? Who are you taking in this game? Comment down below who you have, why it will happen, and who's king? Jonathan Taylor, Derek Henry, you let us know down in the comment section below. Other than that, guys, do y'all have any other closing remarks before we get out of here? Landon, I warned you. Um, that, that's my, my closing remark. It's unfortunate you have to go through this as of now. I've been going through this for a while, but it's okay. Oh, I'm, I'm content. Now. The Tennessee Titan, man. What are we doing here? Come on, man. We Being look, objective. We yeah, hey, there's nothing wrong with that, but we can't go five. We can't go zero and five in the last 
few years. We can't get swept again. I, I can't handle it. I, I'm two hours away from Nashville. Too many of my friends are Titans fans. They have season tickets. I talk so much crap to them literally every year. I can't get swept again. So yeah, like Frank Reich, let's let's get this done. Like let's not start out slow. Let's get this done. All right. Hey, Landon on his first show. It took Landon his first show to disagree with me. All right. So other than that, guys, thank you for listening to this show. It was a fun one. Hopefully we'll have good news to discuss on Sunday night. But other than that, it's supposed to be a really good weekend, a really good weekend of college football. The NBA is back, and I really don't care for Major League Baseball. I don't. I. I, I don't even know who's playing. So, but enjoy that if you guys go hey, to the games too. watch. Huh? I said we got hockey too. Hockey. Yeah. We every, got every hockey. major right. every major sports going on right now. This is the best time of the year, brother. I'm Mexican. What I look like talking and watching hockey? What? Man. Guys, thank you for listening to this show, ladies and gentlemen. We will catch you back on Sunday. And remember to tune in for those post-game spaces to talk as a fan base and really get to know one another. And also, let's talk some Colts football as well. We will see you then. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.